welcome to the Backseat Directors Podcast. I am your host as usual, Andre Hutchins, and you are listening to episode 29. My goodness, 29 episodes and our 29th movie review. And just for warning for our regular listeners and those who might be new to the podcast, this episode will not be spoiler free. Um, So for those of you who are used to listening to our movie reviews, we strive to do spoiler-free movie reviews, but today's episode will actually be spoiler-filled. And the reason for that is because the movie we will be discussing actually came out all the way back in 1991. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, I highly suggest that you go do so. We'll announce it in just a sec. Um, So on today's episode, I'm actually going to be joined again by my good friend all the way from the UK, Ryan Nevin from Life of Films. Uh, He is on my monthly episode for What's Hot, and uh, he has done one previous movie review with me all the way back on episode 12 with King Arthur. So I'm excited to have him back on the podcast. I'm excited to discuss this movie, and we hope you guys enjoy it. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. This is going to be fun, and this is going to be a little bit different than even what I'm used to, but I'm really excited because... Finally, and, and I, I'm hoping you're going to be excited too, because it's going to be a spoiler podcast, totally spoiler filled. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be good. And I, we're not worried about ruining it for anyone, because anyone who hasn't seen this film in the last, it came out in 1991, <laughs> I feel like they, they don't deserve to watch it now anyway. Hey, Ryan, were you even born in 1991? That's the year I was born. <laughs> That's why it's so good, man. That's why this film was made. This film was made for me. It was the year I was born. <laughs> See, man, I knew there were a few years, uh, you know, between us, and that's all right. I think I think I'm kind of the old man in our little, you know, movie <laughs> podcast group or whatever, because I was born in 1984. So, no uh, way. so yeah. So, and and <laughs> okay, okay. What? Let's just let's just go ahead and introduce. We'll save this, we'll save yeah, this for podcast, yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah. We'll save this for you know just our our discussion actually about the movie. Um, okay, so so this week. I, I, so this will actually be the second podcast that I released this week, um, and since this is actually going to be the first podcast review or movie review that I've done on a on a movie that's been out for a long time, I'm just going to call it our Throwback Thursday, and so I'll have this podcast ready and up and running to go for Thursday. So this is going to be our Throwback Thursday segment, very first time with Ryan from Life of Films. I'm pumped. Ryan, are you ready to go? I'm ready to go, man. Let's do this. Backseat Directors presents this week's movie. So this throwback Thursday movie that we will be discussing is Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Movie details. So this other guy needs a Terminator like you, right? Not like me. A T-1000. Advanced prototype. You made more advanced than you were? Yes. And me bending poly alloy. What the hell does that mean? Liquid metal. Terminator 2 Judgment Day was released into U.S. theaters on July 3rd, 1991. It has a running time of 2 hours and 17 minutes, and it is rated R for strong sci-fi action and violence and for language. T2 stars Arnold Schwarzenegger as THE Terminator, or T-800, Edward Furlong as John Connor, Linda Hamilton as Sarah Connor, 
and Robert Patrick as the T-1000 Terminator. So the only Terminator movie that Arnold does not have his name credited to, even though he does appear as a CGI character, is Terminator Salvation. But he has been the star of four of the five Terminator franchise films, making some of the most iconic movie phrases of all time, such as, I'll be back, or hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> and last but not least, come with me if you want to live. <laughs> Sarah Connor continues to be one of the most iconic heroine roles in all of Hollywood, and no one could have executed it better than Linda Hamilton. Even though she hasn't appeared in too many blockbuster films since Terminator 2, she did have a starring role in one of my favorite 90 movies, Dante's Peak. Terminator 2 Judgment Day is directed by James Cameron, and what can I even begin to say about one of the most, if not the most successful directors in cinema history? Cameron has directed the, t the two top highest grossing films of all time in Avatar and Titanic, with other classics such as True Lies, The Abyss, Aliens, and the original 1984 Terminator. The Terminator 2 film score is composed by Brad Fidel, who composed both scores for the Terminator and Terminator 2 Judgment Day movies. T2 had a production budget of $102 million, and domestically, it grossed over $201 million. And it did even better internationally, pulling in approximately $312 million, with a total worldwide box office in excess of $513 million, Terminator 2 Judgment Day is the 13th highest grossing rated R film of all time. Now let's get on with this movie review. Backseat Directors, movie review. Alright Ryan, so let's just let's just jump right in. And I okay, when you first approached me about this, this was weeks ago, you, you were like, hey, if no one if no one uh, has called Terminator 2 since that, you know, this is getting re-released re in theaters and in 3D, you know, you wanted to talk about it. So, uh, um, you know, I've seen this film, I, I don't know, a handful of times, maybe three or four times. Um, but just the impression that I got when you first reached out to me, um, it sounds like this movie means a lot to you. So I want to know why. So tell me the first time you saw this movie. How old were you? Do you know? See the thing, so uh, the thing is with Terminator, it's like it's like the original Star Wars for me in the sense of it's like I've just grown up just knowing it because it's like because my mum was a massive fan of films, so it's like I don't feel like I remember ever watching them for the first time. It just feels like it's just always been a part of my life because I think it's because it's always just been on my my mum loved it and my brother loved it and my brother-in-law loved it. It's just something I can't. I remember it because it was obviously it was released in 1991 which was the year I was born um so it's just one of those things like I, I couldn't tell you what the first time I remember it but I can I can tell you because of the fact that it's such a, a big film it's a part of my family and growing up very much like the original Star Wars trilogy is that's one of the reasons for why it's so important to me and also it's just an, an, an incredible film it, it generally is something that's that's unbelievable do you have specific memories associated with this movie? Um, one one time, I remember, actually, I was out for a meal with my family. It was one of my sister's birthdays ages ago, and I was quite young. And I remember um, that this was going to be on, it was going to be on TV. Um, and I was there, like, like proper, like, rushing for my dinner, asking everyone to, like, hurry up and eat so we could get home and so I could watch it. And this would have been, like, probably the 
tenth time I'd seen it, but it was like I wanted to watch it again because it was it was I, I don't know why. Um, like I wanted to to watch it, but it's just obviously what I do because I love it. I just mean in a sense it's just like I've seen it so many times, but it's just every time it's on, no matter where it is, if it's on TV, like right now tonight, if even if it was like like eleven o'clock at night, and I'd be up till the early mornings. I'd put it on because I just always have an urge watching it, and that's in front of me because my mum told me off, told me to stop being so rude because around <laughs> for my, 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 my sister's birthday and getting home and watching Terminator for the for the uh, how many of times um, right. was was not everything but i just remember that and that's like one of the one times it's like god i love this film so much i want, I want to get home and watch it and that's something that, that really sticks out because probably mainly because my mum had a go at me but um, <laughs> <laughs> so a good cause i i think you know i think um most of us uh people who consider themselves you know just avid movie fans you know we we kind of keep a an active top 10 list you know, of our favorite movies and things like that. And we like to discuss and debate. Would you say that Terminator 2 is in your top 10? Does it make the cut? Yeah, definitely. Oh, really? I don't, I don't know. I don't know where. I can't. I haven't. It's hard with me to have a top 10. I have a top 10, but mm-hmm. it's hard for me to put them in a specific order. Other than anyone that knows me, the Dark Knight is, is clear number one. But from that point, it's mixed i but it's it's definitely in there it's a it's just a it's an incredible it's an incredible film and uh, yeah it's definitely it's definitely there would would you would you put it in your top 10 i don't i don't know if it quite makes my top 10 um i i think it's in it's definitely in my top 20 um but it's been a while since i've gone and actually kind of reevaluated my top 10 uh i it's just for me the list is so fluid I think mm. I think my top two are usually just always there in the top two, you know, and then maybe a few are switching out of the top ten in and out, you know, just over the years. Um, and, and just because, you know, movies, and just like we'll get into and we've already gone into and we'll, how Terminator 2, you know, the memories associated that you have with that movie, you know, there's just so many things about movies that, you know, that resonate with us personally and things that we remember about movies and just nostalgia in general. And so, um, so yeah, Terminator two, I, I, I don't know if it quite makes the top 10, but it's definitely, it's definitely up there. Um, so let me, let me tell you this though. This is, this is, this is one of my very first memories associated with Terminator two. All right. So you, yeah, you were born in 1991. So we're like seven years apart. All right? right. So in 1991, um, I would have been, yeah, I would have been seven. So, um, I remember when I was eight years old, I got a Sega Game Gear for my birthday. Okay. Do you remember the Sega Game Gear? No, the, no. That's weird because I'm a massive computer nerd. So that's not uh, the the first the first console I ever had was the Sega Mega Drive. <laughs> and I remember my I remember my sister had the Master System before that. But that's as far back as my kind of knowledge goes on the Sega was the master system. Okay. So the, the, just, a, just a little bit of history lesson right here. So, and, and I think I actually may have been older. I may have been nine. So it could have been like 1993. Um, so the Sega game gear was the very first handheld color electronic, uh, uh, gaming system. So like the game, okay. the game boy came out years before the Sega game gear, but it was all black and white. So the Sega game gear was huge because because you finally have like a color screen right but right, yeah it, it took like 
you had to put like eight double A batteries in it, and it maybe lasted like an hour before the batteries were dead. Um, but but I remember one of the first games that I got for my Sega Game Gear was Terminator Two. Oh man! So so yeah, before I ever saw the movie, I I had played this little Sega Game Gear game, you know, for countless hours, and uh, I think I could only ever get past like level three, and so I never got too far into the game. Um, but yeah, I, I was I, that was that was kind of my first memory associated with the movie, and I honestly don't think I saw this movie until I was maybe sixteen or seventeen. So it was years later after it had come out um, that I finally got around to seeing it, and uh, and yeah, I just I remember liking it. I, I I just thought it was just a cool movie. You know, just everything about it was cool. Arnold looked cool. John Connor riding on his dirt bike was cool. Like it was just a cool movie. So those are kind of my first memories. Um, so tell me though, you know, cause gosh, the Terminator franchise, how many movies are there? You have Terminator one, T two, T three, then yep. after salvation, after, then salvation and then Genesis. So there are five. Yeah. Five. Oh, yeah. Okay. So officially five movies. And then, yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of TV shows, I think, like the Sarah Connor Chronicles, but we're not including that. So out of the five, is this one your favorite? Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Like, don't get me wrong, like, Terminator 1 is really good. Um, and Terminator 3 is weird because I, that was a film, one of the first films I get I got to see in cinema by myself. Like, you know, when you kind of get to that age where you break away from your parents and you go with your mates? Um, right, that right. was like I think I'm pretty confident. I was like, I think that was the first film that I ever saw where it was out without my parents. Like it was a work with my mates, um, and um, and yeah. So I kind of have like a weird kind of like shameful like for it, but I think it's because again more of a nostalgia thing because I understand it's a bit of a bad film, and I never really quite enjoyed the the villain in it i thought she was she just wasn't intimidating or anything of that nature so yeah like uh, like obviously arnie was in the first one and uh, the t1000 was in the uh, in the second one so yeah but i just got a bit of a weird feeling for that salvations the only bit i did like in that was when they when they had the cgi um arnie come back in it so like that was just the that was really the only part i kind of really enjoyed Oh, and of, and when they played um, the Guns N' Roses track, they played that <laughs> as well in that. That's obviously yeah. Um, yeah. Um, um, could you be mine? I think it's this. Yes. And then and the Genesis. Oh my god, that film is so bad. That it just <laughs> like I feel like it got worse and worse. I feel like Salvations and Genesis actually make Terminator Three look okay. Like, but it yeah it, it the the Cameron James Cameron Terminator films are the the best ones but t2 by far is is my favorite you're, you're not a fan of terminator salvation even with christian bale oh yeah no well do you remember it was like massively tainted as well do you remember christian bale went absolutely mental with that film <laughs> do you remember do you remember do you remember it yes i do i do yeah he went absolutely mental <laughs> yes, but yes. It was, it was kind of tainted but no it wasn't christian bale that i didn't like it's that um What's his name? Sam Worthington. Sam Worthington. Who's in the Who's uh-huh. in the Avatar films as well? Uh-huh. I he's I don't know how he's an actor. Yeah, I think he's absolutely dreadful. Oh, I, I, really? I, really? Yeah, I'm just not a fan. I I I feel like he's just he's just so bland. But it's not. It, 
obviously some, there's people out there so I'm sorry if I offended anyone but <laughs> he's just he's really not he's really not my cup of tea um, I don't like I don't like um, Helen Bonham Carter either and I like and I feel like even though it was about the Terminators and stuff like that it, it was in a Terminator film I, the Terminator films that I like is when do you know what I mean when the Terminator comes back in time and he's in the, do you know what I mean he's he, he's kind of alone and and he's just the standalone kind of villain, if you like. I like that and mixing with the today. I didn't, I didn't like that kind of futureness of it. Well, um, I, I mean, I might, I might be the biggest Terminator Salvation apologist, just because that that movie behind T two is my is my favorite Terminator movie. I I love how they you finally get to see what it's like post Judgment Day. You know, so post or post, yeah, just post all the the um, you know the nuclear fallout um, yeah. from Skynet, and and you finally get to see what life is like for people still living in this day and age. And uh, I just, I don't know, I just I, that was that was the first. Actually, I think I saw T three in theaters, and so that yeah, this would have been the second Terminator movie I saw in theaters. And I don't know. I just I love that film. Like I know a lot of people don't like it. Like it's just it's different. Yeah, you know, you get the CGI created Arnold Schwarzenegger in there, <laughs> which was amazing. That was that was amazing, wasn't it? To be fair, I will give it credit because I didn't actually see that coming. Like, I thought it was it was absolutely that was brilliant. Even yeah. though he, he kind of his skin comes away like pretty much about the first thirty seconds right. of him appearing, right? But it was amazing. Well, I just I just thought how they how cool the story was of how blurred the lines got between machine and man. And I, and I, I just, I don't know. I just really like that. But since this podcast is supposed to be a podcast about Terminator two, let's get back to that one. <laughs> so, okay. So let me, let me read you a question. We've got a few questions and this is something I just sent out on Twitter today. So I apologize if any of you have sent questions since then, um, or, or I guess going to be after, after we're done recording. But this is the first question we got from, uh, some of our friends at the Hey Down in Front podcast. And if you guys want to follow them, they're on Twitter at HDIF underscore podcast. That's Hey Down in Front. And so, and, and, um, Ryan, this question is for you because I, and I think you'll be able to kind of, um, I, I don't know. I think your answer will be better than mine with this, this question. <laughs> okay. So they say, okay, why is this film so awesome? And I'm just, uh, I'm changing a few words since this is a family-friendly podcast. <laughs> <laughs> with with annoying teen angst, plot holes, and more, is it nostalgia or is it actually a good movie? Maybe I'm on an island here, though. And they said that this movie is in their top ten. So what So what do you think? What, what makes this movie so awesome? Is it the nostalgia factor or is it actually a really good movie? No, I, I, I don't think it's a... The nostalgia's got anything to do with it. I think that it's a. Uh, um, I think when you think of like blockbusters and kind of the emotional journey that you want to kind of go on when you see a film, it 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 ticks all the boxes, don't you think? Don't you think in regards to like the the villain, the T one thousand in it? Like I remember being really scared of him as a kid, and even now, like he can be, he's still pretty pretty scary. So in regards to you had that, like. If, if if you didn't get a little bit emotional at the end when you see Arnie's thumb go into the lava at the end, then you are a robot yourself. Like, I think it's got... it's The acting, obviously, is good. I think Sarah Connor, the um, 
is absolutely is absolutely brilliant. Linda Hamilton yes. playing that. Yeah. Like Edward Furlong is mm-hmm. is is good. I think personally, I think he's good. And again, especially especially at the end, he's got one of the most classic film scores ever by Brad Friedel. It's like you're you joking me. Like everyone knows the score. It's directed by one of the, the most not one of the most successful directors ever. I know. Like I know. it's. So you know what I mean? It's like. If, what is it if you're looking for a film that is in every section very very good and like i understand it's got its plot holes i do but the story itself is is very 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 good it's very unique and you can see how many times now other studios and um directors have tried to carry that story on and they just haven't and to reach that success anywhere near because it, it is generally got an, an incredible story as well so i think from that front to answer to answer that question it's because it ticks all the boxes it, it really ticks all the boxes and it doesn't just tick them it ticks them to a, to a very very high standard in my opinion and um and and that and that's personally why why, why do you think what's your what's your feelers on it okay so one of the things that stands out to me the most is this movie came out in 1991 and this was one of the first movies to really really show you how far technology had come in computer generated images to be able to do what they did with the T1000. And this is yes. 1991, you know. I mean, you you think about how many movies were still using practical effects, you know, and not yeah. and not really computer uh computer animated um technology. Um this this one excels. And so we actually had an, another question and this is uh, just from from uh, more of our friends on Twitter at the uh, um, IABD Presents. You can follow them at IABD Presents on Twitter. But they actually asked, um, and this is one of the things that really st- stands out to me, but they said, how do, how do you think the effects uh, held up over the years? And so I saw that I, I, I was trying to see this movie before we actually did this podcast, but I didn't have time to. But I have seen it recently within the last year. And, you know, I... I saw a digital version of it, so it's just like on iTunes, a digital copy, and so I'm not sure how much has been been remastered or just kind of, you know, enhanced. Um, but I, I think it holds up, and and I think to think back that this this is computer generated images from, you know, 1990, really, because that's when the movie would have been, you know, mm, being yeah, produced yeah. and filmed. It's it's incredible, and I think that's one of the standout features of this film is this movie really showcased and highlighted the new technology that was really about to come on scene. Um, and then following movies, you know, like Jurassic Park, I think in 1993, you know, mm-hmm. that showed just incredible CGI. And so for me, that's one of the highlights of this film that really sets it apart from films during that era and that day of the early 90s. And um, and so, yeah, what do you think? Do you think do you think the CGI holds up even, uh, even oh, now? Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Actually, my... Um my work colleague um, Nick, who's a bit older than myself, um, he, he's a massive fan of these these films as well. And he talks mainly for the first one, but this one as well. Um, he thinks with this one, obviously the CGI leaps and bounds better than the first one. But he thinks that, and I agree, it's a really good way of putting it. Is that the areas of which it's not so great, and you can tell the datedness of it. He thinks adds to the feel of it. Does that make sense? It adds to that kind of yeah. It's quite quite that scary feel. Do you know that right. Scott? Like when he's the the robot, especially in the first one when he becomes full skinless. It's just it's there's hard. To, I'm trying to look for the word, but do you know what I mean? It just it adds that kind of just 
hauntingness to the film as yes. well, which it, yeah. which it's got. So the CGI is brilliant. Don't be wrong; it's absolutely incredible, and I think it's really held its own. But the bits where maybe you look at it and think, "No," I think that even still adds to it. I think even that was done in a way now that looks at it and still adds to the effect of the film. And it's just that, especially for the T eight hundred, he's just when he's he's really haunting, and it's just and that adds to it as well. It's it's really really good. Yeah. So tell me what you think of this. And, and even though James Cameron directed the first two, um, correct me if I'm wrong. He did, right? He did T1 and T2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, yeah. okay. So there's seven years apart. <laughs> I guess that's, that's kind of a funny coincidence. So yeah, first one came out in 1984 when I was born. Second one came out in 1991 when you were born. But uh, <laughs> that's brilliant. Yeah. So, okay. So T1, I, I, I've kind of compared it to um, how Alien is different to aliens so alien is it is a a a full-on sci-fi horror film right it's not action it is it Mm. is a sci-fi horror movie and that's the kind of vibe that i get with terminator the first terminator is that it's it's a horror film you know yeah Yeah, there's some action but that that movie is pretty scary you know especially uh I mean, gosh, at the time, 19, 1984, I, I think I think that movie still holds up still. But then you get T2, and T2 is much more action-filled. And that's just kind of like how Aliens was when James Cameron took over, is that it's not necessarily a sci-fi horror movie now. It's not a sci-fi action movie. And, and, uh, and, I, and I think that's really, really why people <laughs> take a liking to Terminator 2. It's just I think it's... If it's a more broader audience, um, so and and you said you like T one, but do you kind of see that difference? Definitely, definitely. I think because um, I think one of the main things in regards to why, you, why I think the first one's a bit more kind of scary is I think it's that that chemistry between because Sarah Connor's obviously she's just a, in the first one she's just you know what I mean a girl she's out partying and then um, and then when the guy comes back from the future um, John Connor's dad. He's obviously um, he's obviously nowhere near of the level of a Terminator, so it's kind of like a bit of a chase, isn't it? Very much like how Alien is. It's like they don't really have a chance against this thing that's chasing them, but somehow they manage to work a way out of beating it. But it's do you know what I mean? It's like these right. people are just running from something that's just this monster, this thing that they just don't really have a chance against. But with this one, T two, obviously. Even though the T one thousand is an improvement on the T eight hundred, there's st- you know what I mean. There's still kind of they're, they're both robots. That makes sense. There's right. a bit more of a a clash there going on. You may have and Sarah Connor's obviously a lot more badass as well. She can handle her own. So it's just in that front. I think that's what makes it more of the action thing because there's there's kind of something more kind of fighting back at it, isn't there? And it's yeah even that. But to be honest, though, I do think that um, the T one thousand was 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 pretty scary as a kid. Yeah. He was just relentless, wasn't he? Yeah. Okay. So let's let's take a, just a couple minutes and talk about maybe some of those plot holes. What are are there things in the movie that really kind of bug you that you wish that they would have changed? Maybe. Um. Just trying to think, really, because I think there's always been bits that I also find I find funny in it. Don't don't get me wrong. I think. Um, but in regards to plot plot holes that bug me, I've I've I don't know. It's a weird one because it's 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 one of those films where I feel like the story is so really is really really good and it's got so many depths and and obviously it's a, like time travels involved and stuff like that. I feel like you 
you're gonna you're gonna have plot holes in a in a film like this, and I think that not that you should look over him, don't get me wrong, because I'm someone that really likes detail, but I just think that it's it's something that's always gonna is gonna come with a film like this when it's it's delving into such different things, and therefore it do, it doesn't grate on me because of that. It doesn't because I think that everything else completely outweighs it. Um, but to be honest, I'm trying to think of some major plot holes, and it's maybe because I'm just not I'm not really looking out for them. Do you, what about yourself? Do you think there's any kind of glaring potholes that you feel that you don't, that you that that bug you about this film? Yeah, well, so I mean, and I've said this before, and I'll I'll always feel this way. Just any movie that deals with time travel, it, things get really really tricky, you know. And so yeah. you you kind of have to tiptoe around um, something that is so absolutely theoretical at best, you know. I mean, time yeah. time travel, it, it just you know, it, it's it's a fun concept to think about you know, and about the possibilities and what that can mean, especially for a movie like Terminator, you know, because it's all about time travel, mm. you know? And so, um, I, I think, I think they did a good enough job, you know, to make, to make sure that they didn't, you know, present too many wacky ideas about what it would mean, you know, about if yeah. they succeeded, you know, because it's all about, you know, once Sarah, fi- you know, f- figures out that, uh, you know, the T, uh, what is it? The T is a T 100 or T 101. Um, I think it's the T101. Arnold, you know, Arnold's character that he's Oh, ba- it's a, oh no, T800. W- which one is it? He's a T800, isn't he? T800? Okay, then I I, I totally had that wrong. I, I for some reason in my notes I put down T101. No, but... Now I feel like you're questioning <laughs> me. I don't I don't want to be wrong. No, no, no. I think Get, you're right. I think you're right. So so once she finds out that, you know, he is there to protect them and to help them, um, you know, she, she tries to she tries to eradicate the problem before it's ever a problem. And, you know, so they go over yeah. to, uh, um, what's his, what's the guy that created basically Skynet? Is it Dyson? Yeah. Yeah. So they go over to his house and, you know, and, and she's, she wants to kill him. She wants to kill him because she thinks that that will, you know, that that will stop everything, but he's already created it. You know, it's already, um, you know, it, it's, it's already created. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. so, I, I mean, it it makes sense, and I guess her logic is it, it, it makes sense on why you know she thinks that she could remove him and still get rid of it, um, you know. But but what would that mean though if she if she was able to accomplish that and she does stop Skynet before Skynet becomes actual you know artificial intelligence and is and is independent, yeah. you know what does that mean though for the technology that that is current with him in that time, you know? So what about? The T one thousand, the T eight hundred. I mean, are, do they all all of a sudden just disappear? Like you know, in Back to the Future, where he starts disappearing from from the picture and stuff. Yeah, like that. that's true. That's you, true. That's you know? true. Yeah, that's yeah, a good point. It's a really that's a good point. And it is the T. The T. Just to confirm, I knew it was. Just I got so much, I got a lot of trust in you, Andre. So when you said the T one hundred one, I was like, oh my god, I'm sorry, it's a T eight hundred. It is the T eight hundred. It is T eight hundred. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. I I, I think I saw that somewhere because online, but the, the, anyway. the chick because. The, the, that's one bugged me in Terminator 3 is because I liked the fact that it kind of went up in the two, so you had T800 and the T1000. And then the uh, woman, the, the the bad guy in Terminator 3, she just got some random freaking code name. It's like like R5. Some, I, I don't even know because I don't really like it, so I'm sorry. I don't have my knowledge. But I just remember that. It's like, I just thought, surely the T1200 sounds just as awesome, but they just didn't go for it. But yeah, yeah sorry, carry on. No, no. So I think I think – um like I said, I think they did a good enough job to not really, you know, present too many challenging ideas or concepts to the audience and to the story, 
I think they try mm-hmm. to keep it as simple as possible. I I'm of the mindset that if if you you know if this is your if this is your story, you know, and this is the future that you can expect, then you know, I I, I don't know, I don't know. Uh, I I mean, I think I think for me it's just it's just personal preferences. But again, it doesn't mm-hmm. for me it doesn't really take away too much from from the story itself. I think I was just trying to be kind of the devil's advocate with this one. So, <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. That's completely fair enough. I, um, I completely agree, um, with, with yourself there and, and where people would see any sort of plot holes. I think it's, I think it's just something that I'm quite happy to, uh, to overlook Yeah, because of how generally the film is, is a, is a good film overall. And yeah, there are, there are some, some plot holes in it, but I think that it's, it'd be sad for people to concentrate on the plot holes and then therefore it ruin everything because I think they're just a very small part of the film and the rest of it is, is just not, is absolutely, is absolutely brilliant. So it'd be sad right. for those little parts to ruin such a, such a great film. Yeah. So, okay. So before we've got a couple more questions from uh, just some, some people who responded on Twitter, but before we get to those, I just kind of want to, um, because these, these questions will kind of deviate from the actual movie itself. So I, I want to ask you this, um, before we move on to our questions, um, what are the themes or the messages that stick out to you the most in this movie? Because for me, there are a couple and some, some are ob- more obvious than others, I guess. But, um, for you, what are, what are some of those more powerful themes that, that you take away from this movie? Ah, okay. That's a, that's a good, a good question. If you, if you, if you of... want me to go first, I'll go first. <laughs> um, yeah, you go first. You go first because I've um, never been asked a question about that, so I'm interested to kind of see what what route you take first. And uh, yeah, you go first. So okay, and the reason why I ask this is because so when I when I value a movie and what it means to me, the number one thing that I look for in a movie is a story. Does it have a good story, right? And then from there, I I would say uh, characters are the characters. Um, intriguing to me, you know, do they have good characters? And then from there, maybe the dialogue and the script between the characters and then audio visual stuff like that, you know, but for, for what matters to me most in a movie is story. And so, and I think that this movie does have a good story and the themes that, that are kind of recurring throughout the movie and especially towards the end. And they say it themselves is that the future is not set in stone, you know, that the future, you can change the future and you change it with each, we with each action or decision that you make in your everyday life, you know, that, that our actions now matter with how the future is going to play out. And I, and I really like that. I, I just think it, it gives a lot of um, power to each of us. It empowers us to be, you know, kind of the, uh, the masters of our own destination, you know, that we're the masters of our own future, that we are the ones who control how our future will end up like. And I, and that's one thing that I really like about this movie. So, yeah, that's a that's a really good answer. So, what about you? Anything come to mind? Um, well, yeah, that's a, that's definitely a, good, a really good answer. Um, I completely agree. They they do really um, focus focus on that, especially with a lot of Sarah Connor's like um, narrative over the top of it. Um, I think if I was trying to look for some other things, I think obviously, I think friendship is obviously a, a massive core factor of this, isn't it? Where you you watch that film and you see um, John Connor become friends with this with this machine don't you mm-hmm. and it's kind of gives you that kind of that weird i'm not sure if it's a theme a theme or anything like that but it's 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 a very compelling part of the story isn't it him becoming friends with this robot and then you see this robot kind of 
somehow have feelings towards towards this kid. And I think it's a I think that's quite a strong strong theme in regards to to a friendship in a in a really weird way, and that you can kind of be friends with the most random of randomest of things. And also maybe as well like like family as well, because obviously it's they're kind of a they're kind of a bit of a family, aren't they? And especially when right. obviously they break Sarah Connor out as well, and um, how how she would do anything to save the future and save her son and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? She she would literally do anything, like even to the point where she goes obviously to Dyson's house and was gonna like slaughter his whole family, really pretty right. much. Right. Um, and I think that's a, that's a a big thing in regards to the film. I don't know if I, it's something I kind of maybe like take away. Does it really affect me personally? Um, I make me like a different person from watching it. Maybe not, but I think that that's <laughs> certainly the. I think it's certainly the themes of 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 the film. Definitely, it's it's a family. They do become quite a a bit of a family. The three of them, don't they? When they they go away into his thing, and it's. Um, I certainly think that that's that's definitely a theme that I, I take from the from the film itself. Yeah, I like it. I I really like that, and I just think it's important for us. For any person who watches a movie, if if you know our sole goal in a movie is just to f- see if we're entertained, I think I think we really leave a lot out in terms of our experience of a movie. And so, yeah, to just kind of think deeper about you know some of the takeaways or the messages and themes of a movie, I think I think that's good. Okay, so Ryan, let's um bef- um before we uh, move on to uh, a little special segment that I have that we're gonna save for the end, let's just answer these two questions. So we're gonna start one with uh with Andre, Andre number two from the formal review. <laughs> so this is what he asked. He said, he said, if you had to, and you need to recast, um, let's say the ma- main three characters, so Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, as the Terminator, Linda Linda Hamilton as Sarah Connor. And then uh, Edward Furlong as John Connor, <laughs> which you who would you choose to recast these people? Okay, um, so one I've always thought about this because I, I don't want the Terminator franchise to die, but I think that the older Arnold Schwarzenegger gets, the, the worse it starts, it makes it because I feel like no matter how many times <laughs> I try and twist the story about how he's he's got aging skin and all this stuff, but he's actually still the robot on the inside etc i think it's i think he's starting to take things away from it a little bit so i have had a thought about who they should replace him maybe i haven't sarah connor and um edward furlong um character john connor but i'll try and guess that in a minute but i definitely think that i would have and you're gonna laugh at this now andre i'd have i think the rock i think he'd be a good i think the rock would be a good replacement for arnold schwarzenegger as um as the terminator i think he I think if you could take away all like the funniness and stuff of what we know about him, I think he's got that presence as an he? of he's a he's a big big guy, and I think he I think he could really play quite a, a scary Terminator. I think if you're looking um, on that front, I think he would he would be he would be really really good. Do you, do you what do you think? Do you agree or? Yeah, no, I actually think you're spot on. Just because when I think about who was maybe who who was who was the actor that was like the Rock back through the eighties and nineties. And it was Arnold Schwarzenegger. He had, yeah. he had all the roles of the action films, but he also had all the roles of kind of those silly, funny films. Like if you think about kindergarten cop, you know, and, 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 uh, um, you know, uh, Dwayne Johnson has had those kind of roles in those very similar movies. And yeah, obviously you need a big guy, uh, you know, a, a big physical presence on screen. Um, and, and I think the rock, I think the rock definitely has that clout. So, okay. So I was thinking about uh, Sarah Connor's character 
And the one that sticks out to me, and I'm not sure how familiar you are with this actress, but she, uh, it's Catherine Waterston. So she, okay. was, she, yeah, she played in Alien Covenant. She was the main um, actress in in oh, Alien yeah. Covenant, you know, and uh, and she had she had a a, a starring role in um, the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, kind of that Harry Potter movie. Um, but I think I think her her role in Alien Covenant is what solidified my my nomination for her as Sarah Connor because I think she she can play that very strong uh, heroine character. And and I think she'd be good at it. I think she kind of has that. I don't know. I just think she has that aura about her. So that that would be my choice. No, for that's a, Sarah I Connor. A, I think that's a good choice. I think, yeah. I'm trying to think of um, women that could really get into that kind of character. Of do you know what I mean? Like Sarah Connor. She in the second one, she became quite militant, didn't she? Right, uh, in yeah, a way, and yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to think of people that would would be good at. And I think I think that's a um, a good. A good call. I think if we're collaborating here, I think I, I, I'm happy with that one. I think that's a good, a good one for Sarah Connor. I think we just now need to find someone to replace Edward Furlong, and I'm trying to wrap my brain <laughs> yeah. for fairly younger. Well, actors. I know and you need you need that 16 year old character, and I mean, or you're someone that looks 16, and you, you know, I mean, you could do maybe Tom Holland. Well, actually, you know, yeah, I was just about to say I think Tom, Tom Holland. I was about to say that, like, not to sound like oh, he's just the young kid now. He's about the thing, but. No, he would. He would actually be. He would actually be all right. I think he'd actually be really good. I don't want to. Obviously, he's out and big and popular now, and he's probably the number one young kid on the block at the moment. But right. put all that aside, I gen- actually think that that's thrown out there. I, I would agree. I think that would be a good, definitely a good casting on up front. I think. Yeah, not bad, not bad. Okay, so I I, I kind of want to keep the podcast not too long, but let's do our last question, and this is from Mikey from the Big Screen Breakdown. So you can follow them. At a, on Twitter at Big Screen Pod. So Mikey from the Big Screen Breakdown. He said, what time period would it be cool to see a Terminator get sent back to? And he gave some suggestions. Ancient Egypt, Native America, T-800 versus Pirates. Get creative. <laughs> okay. I actually um, I saw that question on Twitter and I have an answer. Okay, let's hear it. Answer. Let's hear it. <laughs> I don't know the exact name of the era, but I'd send him, I'd send him back to the, uh, to the Roman times. And as a gladiator. Ooh, nice, man. Yeah, man. Pop him, pop him in the Colosseum and watch the Terminator just go absolutely mental and just destroy everyone. <laughs> so the T-800 versus Russell Crowe? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's not... <laughs> so, yeah, that's my answer. I think I think that's quite, quite good. I think that'd be quite entertaining. Yeah, that's pretty good, man. That's pretty good. <laughs> Oh gosh, man! I I don't I don't know what I would choose. I'm not sh- I'm not sure. I would have to think about this one a little bit more. I think. Uh, you ever seen um? You ever seen Apocalypto? It's like that. Is that the, the Mal Gibson film? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah with yeah. like like the the Aztecs and ancient Mexico and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. I think I think maybe something like that could be kind of cool. You know, <laughs> it's uh, the Terminator. Isn't that just Isn't that just Predator? <laughs> Isn't that Arnold Schwarzenegger and Predator? Yeah, basically, basically. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe you could do a crossover. Yeah, Terminator versus like Predator. Oh thing, my god, you know? that would <laughs> <laughs> be amazing. Uh, Stuff Alien versus Predator. Jeez. Oh, we need to. I'm going to get James Cameron's email. They're they're in the midst of making another one. There yeah, we, just, there we just do it. a quick crossover. You have Arnold, Arnold in all the movies. You got to. You just think the Predator's heat vision. You have the Predator's heat vision, but then the T-1000's like lock-on vision with the red 
with the infrared, it'd just be freaking mental. There you go, man. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay, let's go to our last segment, Ryan. And this is just going to be our backseat director's recommendation. Our recommendation. So, Ryan, since this movie is coming out, at least in the U.S., it's coming out this weekend. Um, It's going to get re-released in 3D and then uh, later in the U.K. on the 29th, I think. What is your recommendation for our listeners? Do you think that this is a go-see-it movie? Even if they've seen it before, should they go back and see it again? Is it a maybe-wait or is it a no-go? I think it's – I think generally as a film, definitely go see it 100%. But the fact that it's going to be back in the theaters, I think there's going to there's not going to be there's not going to be many people um, that would have had the chance to see it in the theaters. To be honest, it's like say um, you didn't get to see it in the theaters, Andre, and you're nope. um, you're older than myself. I think there's you'd have to be fairly of an age to have been able to catch this in the theaters. So I think that that, that it's just going to be an experience for so many people to see a a genuinely forget how old it is, forget nostalgia a brilliant brilliant film a brilliant action film and back in the cinemas definitely definitely without a doubt go see it i'm rebooking my tickets as soon as i can yeah i'm planning on seeing this movie while it's in theaters i think it'll be fun even though i'm not a fan of 3d um i I don't know i just it'll be kind of cool to see it in 3d and just just find yeah finally get to see it in theaters so uh, i i definitely say go see it so Go see it from me. Go see it from Ryan. I I think it's going to be worth your money. Okay, so Ryan, um, we are going to end this podcast on doing a little bit of trivia, all right? So I, I've got a list of questions here, and I'm going to see how many of these you can get right, all right? Oh, no. Some, all of them wrong, probably. Some, <laughs> some, some are easier than others. Um, some I know I would not have get, gotten this in a – and listeners, just play along. Um, you know, see how many of these you guys can get right. Um, and and Brian, pause if you know the answer. Pause just for a second. That way, our listeners can kind of think of the answer, and then you go ahead and get give your answer. Okay. 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 So um, I've got ten questions, and then I've got a few bonus ones, just in case you get some wrong and you want to make them up. Okay. 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 So Ryan trivia question for term and these are all related to terminator 2 okay okay so none of the other terminator movies question number one what was the name of the computer controlling the machines and this is this is just to get you get you started easy one what was the name of well it was skynet wasn't it is this what we're talking about skynet correct that is correct skynet okay question number two at the very beginning of terminator 2 what is the location and date of those scenes? So it, it's they're scenes from the future. Where are where does that take place and what year is it? The scenes from the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so you see all the Terminators, you know, fighting and stuff like that with all the other soldiers, like the human soldiers. Okay, so isn't the so he sent isn't it the future is it 20 it's 2029 Ooh, very good and now where 20- what's the location uh the location i feel like you only give you a like, hint wasn't it like was it made up it was made no up, no no it? no it wasn't made yeah. up it wasn't made up you only give you a hint yeah go on then okay it's a city in california 
Um, is it LA? It is LA. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, you got the year right. That's good, man. Um, I, I knew the location. I knew it was Los Angeles. I didn't know it was 2029. But yeah, 2029 or 2029 AD. Okay, question number three. What is John Connor's birthday? Interesting. And it does say it in John. the movie. These are good, good, good questions, Andre. These are good questions. Um, <laughs> uh, that that one, that is, um, I'm gonna have to. I don't know. Uh, that one, I've, I've missed that one. No, that's okay. So in the movie, it it, it says February twenty eighth, nineteen eighty five. Nineteen eighty five. Okay. Mhm. So and I guess that would make sense because Terminator One was released in nineteen eighty four, and that's actually the year the movie takes place. She, Sarah Connor, would have had John Connor in 1985. Bingo. Nice, nice. (laughs) Okay, question number four. What, uh, when John was in his garage with his dirt bike, the song You Could Be Mine was playing. Which band sings that song? Uh, Pause. Anyone want to get it? There's your pause. Guns and Roses. Yeah, bingo. Very good, very good. Okay, question number five. Um, John is wearing the same t-shirt throughout the movie. What does his t-shirt say on the front? Ooh. What does his t-shirt say on the front? Um, that, uh, the clothing is something I don't ever really focus on too much. It hit me. What, what, what does it say? It, it says public enemy. Okay, nice. Yeah, so that, that one, um, I... I thought it. <laughs> I thought it said Run DMC. I thought it was just the rap group, but uh, um, yeah, I, I I didn't remember that it was Public Enemy. I just I remember he was wearing it was like that black T-shirt, and then he had uh, his button up that he left open, you know. So he had like a shirt yeah. over a shirt, but yeah, it says Public Enemy. Okay, question number six. What is the name of John Connor's teenage friend? And you see them playing video games at the mall. These are good. These are good. These are good ones. I'm trying to. I've seen this film so many times. It's like you put me on the spot. I didn't know this was happening. Um, and he's, he's that redheaded mullet kid. <laughs> I didn't even. Uh, it's this is this is sticking out. I wonder if there's going to be any listeners that know what this is. Okay, I'll give you a hint. It starts with a T. It's not like it was. Is it something like Tim? Oh, it? bingo, man! Tim, very good, yeah. very good. <laughs> I knew it was. Just, I knew it was a really simple name. That's why it was like. That's why I was struggling. I was like, yeah, I knew yep. it was something like that. Yeah, it's Tim. It's Tim. Okay, now let's, we're gonna move away from John Connor. This is question number number seven. All right, how old is Sarah Connor in Terminator Two? No, I'm trying to work it out. I feel like it's. Is she like 34, something like that? Ah, she's younger. She's younger. Older older than you, but younger than me right now. How, how old is she? She's, she's 29. 29. <laughs> right, okay. Okay, okay. Question number eight. Question number eight. And, and on it, dude, I would not have gotten that one. I think I guessed 31 when I looked that up, but yeah, 29. Okay, when we first see Sarah in the movie, she's working out. What workout is she doing? Oh, she's doing... Um, she's lifting a, she's doing, I, I know what she's doing, but I'm struggling with the name. It's not, it's, she's lifting herself up. It's pull-ups. pull-ups yeah, that's what yeah, she's doing. very yeah. good. Yeah, she's on a pull-up bar. I, I, I was I, thinking, I kept thinking push-ups. I know push-ups is from the ground. It's pull-ups, yeah. Yeah, so I was, uh, 
I, I mean, uh, I, I think you see her doing multiple workouts in the movie. I think maybe she's doing push-ups at one point. Um, but yeah, no, when you first see her, she's doing chin-ups. So she's on the pull-up. That's it, yeah, yeah. chin-ups, yeah. <laughs> okay, good, good. Okay, question number nine. What is the name of the place where Sarah is being held? It's, it's a mental hospital. Okay, the hint the hint that'll give you it's it's actually a Spanish name. <laughs> or oh, a Spanish like word, freaking, I guess. It's not like goodie. Um I don't know. I, I honestly I would be guessing something like freaking it's a Spanish word. Mm-hmm. And she's in a mental hospital, it's not like loco, is it? <laughs> <laughs> That's genius, man. Good job. <laughs> is that is that like one of only three Spanish words you know? <laughs> oh man, uh, yeah, that's pretty good. No, I don't okay. live in the Vida Loca. She was <laughs> live in the Vida Loca, was it? Oh my gosh, dude, that's hilarious, man. Were you about to say Despacito next? <laughs> Okay. God, okay. What it? No, the name the name of the hospital is called the Pescadero State Hospital. Pescadero right. just means fisher, like a fisherman. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. Uh, question number ten, and this is the last question before our bonus. Uh, Sarah puts a syringe in the doctor's neck. What did she fill the syringe with? Oh, is it like it's like a cleaning fluid or something, isn't it? She it like is. goes into it's like I don't want, I want to say. It's not bleach, is it? Because that's pretty harsh. But was it bleach? It wasn't bleach. It, it, it's it's, uh, it's like blue, isn't it? Yes, it was blue, and and I'm not sure. So the, uh, I'm not sure if it was the actual brand name Drano, but it's it's liquid rooter. So it's the stuff that you you, know, you pour down your pipes, to, you know, to kind of clean clean your right. pipes out. Yeah, yeah. So I get half a point for that. Yeah, you get half a point. You get half a point. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let me see. Out of these ten, I think you got. You got the first one right. I'll give you the second one because you got the year, and I think that was harder than uh, the location. So you got one, two. You didn't get number three, which was his birthday. Um, you got number four with Guns N' Roses. Uh, you didn't get number five. You got number six. You got Tim. That's good. Uh, so you you got you didn't get number seven. You did get number eight. You didn't get number nine. And I'll give you ten. So you missed four. All right. So. There, here are the bonus questions, okay? So this is bonus question number one. When Arnold, the T-800's arm, gets stuck under the wheel of the car when fighting the T-1000, he ends up having to rip it off. Which arm was it? So it's a 50-50. You see there, left or right? <laughs> okay, yeah, but what I'm trying to remember is, you know right at the end when yeah, where he's... Um... Where Sarah Connor is shooting the um, shooting the T one thousand into the lava, and then she's like, and then, but then she like runs out of bullets, and it's like, oh no! And then then he rocks up, doesn't he? And he's like leaned over that like cog as he's appearing, and then like shoots him with that grenade launcher. And I'm just trying to picture what hand he's got that grenade launcher in. Um, I, I think I'm gonna say it's his left hand. Yep, it's his left arm. Good yeah, job. Good yeah. job. Okay. Okay. Uh, bonus question number three: What is the name of Miles Dyson's wife? Oh, freaking Teresa. Nice. Good job, man. Yeah. Is it? It's, Was it's it? Teresa. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. That's amazing. <laughs> okay. Last bonus bonus question. This one's pretty simple. All right. What are the first words that Arnold, the T800, says to Sarah? 
um, come on with me if you want to live. Bingo. Good job, man. Good job. Yeah. Didn't mi- didn't miss a single one. Good job. Right. Oh, the bonus questions. Um, so, listeners, hope you guys uh, enjoyed the little bit of trivia from T2. Um, and, yeah, hope you guys had some fun with that. And, Ryan, so, yeah, we're at the end of our podcast. Why don't you give your plug for uh, Life of Films and how people can follow you and read your guys' stuff on movies? Yeah, I think like everyone that follows you um, now and Joe will probably know me, so I'll just keep it short. Just, we're from Life of Films. You can pop over to uh, lifeoffilms.com or our contact details on there. We're on Twitter. Uh, me and Andre here converse on Twitter pretty much every day, so get involved in the conversations. But our handle on Twitter is life underscore of underscore films. And yeah, and um, pop over and give us a chat, but visit the site and, um, and see what you think. Well, thanks, Ryan, and I appreciate you coming on today's podcast. It was fun talking Terminator 2 with you, and I hope everyone who is excited for T2 to come back out to theaters, hope you guys see it. Let us know what you think. And uh, uh, thanks for downloading today's episode, and make sure you subscribe to the podcast and stay up to date with every episode. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or Podbean. And uh, if you want to be on the show, just like Ryan and so many others have been, just reach out to me and let me know which movie you guys are looking forward to seeing next and which one you would like to review and we'll have you on the show. So on behalf of Ryan from Life of Films, this is Andre with Backseat Directors signing out and we'll see you guys next week at the movies. The Backseat Directors theme song is Let's Go to the Movies by Ozo Motley. You can find the album Ozo Motley Presents Ozo Kids and all of their other music on iTunes. Join the conversation online and follow Backseat Directors on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The BD Podcast. Hasta la vista, baby.